Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. This uh, session is being recorded. Uh, first thing we'll ask you is to take these devices, if you have them, and shut them off. Uh, we don't want any distractions while we're, we're here. And so we welcome you today to the uh, first of the fall sessions of Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Uh, my name is Bob Campbell. I'll be your moderator for the day, for this meeting. And it's good to see all of you here. We first of all have to take note of the important things. There's no free lunch. You all know that. It's $11. Uh, and that's for everyone except our speaker. He, he gets free lunch, so we pay him well. Um, we are uh, uh, someone at the table. Please uh, count how many are there, multiply by 11, and that's how much should be in the basket. <clears throat> Uh, as you know, we will be speaking, our speaker will speak for about 25 to 30 minutes, at which time we will break and have lunch, and then we resume at 1 o'clock, and there will be a question uh, Q&A session for approximately half an hour following that. Uh, we would like to thank our partners today, the uh, University of uh, Lethbridge, for their ongoing support, Country Kitchen Catering, for providing us with the, the, this uh, wonderful lunch and uh, looking after our needs that way. Shaw TV, Channel 9, for broadcasting the sessions. Uh, and also, uh, these are broadcast several times a week uh, afterwards. Uh, CKUXU, uh, uh, 88.3 FM Radio Live, and the Lethbridge Herald for covering these events. We are truly appreciative of that. Um, so with that, uh, I'd like to introduce our speaker uh, today, uh, John Warren, who I know many of you know, has uh, no background in medicine. He's very open about that, but he was a chartered accountant uh, and financial planner for many, many years. He has no experience in watching relatives or friends die, so he asked, why would he be interested in dying with dignity? Um, he was involved with Dying with Dignity Canada and the fight to legalize physician-assisted uh, dying uh, four years ago. In 2010, John managed to get an almost lethal dose of hepatitis B, becoming very ill and totally dependent on Barbara, his wife, for everything. He realized at that time that if he wanted to end his suffering, there was no possibility of doing so physically or legally. With the help of Barbara and a great medical team, he was, uh, as you can see, well, he made it, and we're grateful for that. But he decided that he would not put up with that position again, that he would not be put in that position again, and began to research the resources available to people who are suffering with life-threatening conditions, with no hope of recovery, and who uh, want help in dying. That research led him to Dying with Dignity's website. A few months later, he was appointed to the board of Dying with Dignity and spent the next four years researching, discussing, writing about physician-assisted dying, 
and it was a most exciting time to be involved and see this subject become more and more uh, into the uh, mainstream from total ex uh, obscurity, front and center, as an important issue in our election today. Today, John will des describe the discussions around the choice of dying that have been held by politicians, judges, and other Canadians during the last five years, and will summarize the attitudes of the four political parties towards it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please join me in welcoming John Warren. Uh, thanks, Bob, for that introduction, and thank you, SACPA, for um, giving me uh, a platform to speak to you from uh, on this uh, really important topic. When I looked at this question uh, this morning, and, and I looked at it before this morning, believe me, but uh, I looked at it this morning, I thought, well, that's kind of a dopey question. Of course it's political, right? Because our, our choice in dying is regulated by the law, and, so, and the law is, is enacted by politicians, ergo it's political. So um, before I uh, get into the politics, I'd like you to just imagine yourselves 5, 10, 20, 40 years from now, depending on your, on your present age, <clears throat> and imagine that you're mentally competent still, but you've got... <clears throat> um, you have a very debilitating disease that causes you terrible suffering. Just let me find the thing. And you're totally dependent on carers to look after you, to wash you, to bathe you, to feed you, and, uh, and to do everything for you from a physical point of view. There is absolutely no hope for you. There's no hope of recovery and you're suffering intolerably. So just think about that for a minute and ask yourself whether in that situation <clears throat> you would like a choice. Would you like to go on and live to the end of your natural life and suffer uh, until your body shuts down? Or would you prefer to choose a doctor to help you die? And that question has been asked um, many times over the last 22 years. Sue Rodriguez <clears throat> took her case to the Supreme Court in 1993. Sue was 43 years old. She was a mother, she was a wife, and she had Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. And she knew that she was going to die a terrible death. So she petitioned the Supreme Court to allow her to have uh, a doctor help her die, and in a, um, an, uh, a decision that went five to four against her, the Supreme Court said that, no, that wasn't possible. It was against the Canadian ethic at that time. Since that time, though, um, in the last 22 years, there has been a huge amount of discussion throughout the world on this, particularly in Europe and in, um, and in North America. Over the last 22 years, uh, physician-assisted dying has been legalized in Switzerland, in Holland, in Belgium, in Luxembourg, in uh, Washington, in Oregon, and three other states in, in the United States. Yesterday, I heard or I saw on the, uh, on the Internet that California 
um, passed, a, passed a law yesterday uh, to legalize physician-assisted dying. Um, and it just needs the um, signature of the governor for that to come into effect. So uh, it's, been, it's been going on for a while <clears throat> and with, with a fair amount of success. In, in Canada, it's been, it really didn't start to surface again uh, until about five years ago. And then all sorts of people started talking about it. Lawyers started talking about it, <coughs> ethicists, uh, politicians, and the, the first real examination of, of uh, physician-assisted dying um, was done by the Royal Society of Canada. And they appointed a, um, a six-member panel to uh, investigate this, and their result of, of their... Um, um, of their deliberations was that the law should be changed to allow for assisted dying and voluntary euthanasia in Canada. So that was in 2011 that that came in. <clears throat> in um, about the same time, 2010, um, the Carter case started to percolate through. And I'll, I'll just run through um, that for a minute. Yikes. I have a problem. Uh, that backwards. Uh, well. No, that's okay. Uh, I'm missing some slides. <clears throat> um, so I'll, I'll just fill you in on what happened in the Carter case. Um, Kay Carter was 89 years old. She was a mother of six children. She lived in a nursing home in Vancouver, and she needed, um, uh, and she was diagnosed with spinal stenosis. Spinal stenosis is a narrowing of the of the spinal canal that eventually eventually causes great pain. It um, it stops uh, control of the bladder. Uh, and the bowel, and it, it eventually robs a person of the ability to use their legs. So Kay Carter, at 89 years old, said, to heck with that, I'm done. So she convinced her children to take her to Switzerland to Dignitas, the Dignitas Clinic in Switzerland, and, <clears throat> and she asked them for medical help to die, and they gave it to her, and she died. So that was the happy ending of that story. Lee Carter, her daughter, and her husband, Hollis Johnson, um, came back to Canada and, were, uh, and decided that that was ridiculous, that a Canadian should have to go halfway around the world in order to have a peaceful death. So they decided to try to change the criminal code that prohibited assisted dying <coughs> or assisted suicide. So they teamed up with the, the uh, British Columbia Civil Liberties Association, who provided the muscle and the money to, to do that, to take the case. And a few weeks after they started, Gloria Taylor, a, uh, a lady from Kelowna, who was, I think, yeah, 64, 65, a grandmother, uh, but like Sue Rodriguez, was suffering from ALS. So she joined the case. And, and the, the three, uh, or the, and Hollis Johnson, uh, 
Lee Carter's husband was in there too. So these plaintiffs got together and tried to change the, uh, the criminal code. The case was he- heard in 2012 by Lynn Carter, uh, a judge in the B.C. Supreme Court, and uh, after a few months she came in with a, with a very uh, well-researched and comprehensive uh, decision uh, in totally in favor of the, of the plaintiffs and struck down the, the two sections of the criminal code that prohibited uh, assisted suicide. So that was a great victory for the good guys. Um, immediately afterwards, the, uh, the government of Canada with the uh, Attorney General Rob Nicholson, he filed a, um, a, um, an appeal with the BC Court of Appeal, and a few months later, the Court of Appeal overturned the previous decision uh, on a legal technicality, but nothing to do with the evidence involved. So the plaintiffs said, okay, we'll take that to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court <coughs> heard that in, um, in February of this year. Um, and, and the result was an, uh, an astounding victory for the plaintiffs again. And I'm, so, I'm terribly sorry. I got my slides totally messed up here. I'll, I'll flip through here. Oops. So here's the Supreme Court's ruling in a nutshell. Physician-assisted death (coughs) is allowable in Canada for a competent adult. So you have to be an adult and you have to be mentally competent. So no 16-year-olds and no mentally incompetent people. So this takes out people with Alzheimer's um, who clearly consents to the termination of life and has a grievous and irremediable medical condition, including an illness, disease, or disability, that causes enduring suffering that is intolerable to the individual. So as long as you can fit into those, um, uh, meet all those conditions, then the Supreme Court says that that you can apply for uh, uh, physician-assisted suicide. And they struck down... The two, uh, the two uh, clauses in the, in the um, criminal code with effect from February the 6th, 2016. So they gave the government a whole year to get their act together and get new laws and new regulations in place by that time. And so that's where we are today. Um, <clears throat> The the Canadian public has also been involved in this. Last year, Dying with Dignity uh, commissioned an Ipsos Reid poll across the country. Uh, We we polled over 2,500 people, so it was statistically um, uh, correct. And the question was... The question was, should a doctor be able to help someone end their life if that person is a competent adult who is terminally ill, suffering unbearably, and repeatedly asks for assistance to die? And and 84% of the respondents, or five out of six people, said, that would be my choice, yes. So only one out of six people um, 
oppose that decision. <clears throat> so, um, so where does that leave us? For well, let me flip back. Damn, sorry about this. Oh, I can't read this. No, that's it. I have no idea what this is. Okay, um, Quebec spill. <clears throat> so while the Carter case was going through, uh, Quebec, the uh, National Assembly in Quebec, appointed a nine or a nine-member panel to to examine this problem. Um, they were from all parties, so nine people, four different political parties. They got on a plane, they went to Europe, they talked to uh, uh, health people there, they talked to criminal justice people there to make sure there wasn't any abuse or ask if there was any abuse. They talked to people in Oregon to make sure that uh, uh, the same thing was happening there. They came back, the, the nine people crafted a report to the National Assembly in Quebec and it was unanimous. All, all nine people signed off on this report. The result was, after a lot of political hassling within Quebec, the, the Quebec End of Life Care Act, or Bill 52, <clears throat> which will be uh, in effect in December this year. And I'll run through this, the qualifications that you need to, be, to uh, have medical assisted dying available if you're a resident of Quebec. So you have to meet all of these um, criteria. You have to be an insured person under the, under the um, Health Insurance Act. So you basically have to be a resident. You have to be of full age and you have to be able, capable of consent. You have to be at the end of life, which yeah, is not necessarily what I would want to see in the Act. You have to suffer, be suffering from a serious and uh, incurable illness. And you have to be in an advanced state of irreversible decline of capacity and experience constant and unbearable physical or psychological pain which cannot be relieved in a manner that the patient deems tolerable. So it's not the doctor, it's the patient. And then they are concerned, of course, with the regulations and, and, um, and how that's going to happen. So they say that within the Act under Section 24 says the patient must request medical aid in dying themselves in a free and informed manner by a means of a form prescribed by the minister. So the, the Minister of Health in Quebec comes up with a form, the, the patient has to, to sign it, and the form must be signed in the presence of and countersigned by a health or, or social services professional. So there's a lot of safeguards in this legislation, and, uh, and as I say, that will come into effect in, um, in December. So fast forward through these slides that are... So then, then Dying with Dignity, um, uh, because the election is on, asked each federal political party um, what, their, what their position on this was. And this is what they told us. And the, the Liberals said this, the, a Liberal government will appoint a special committee to consider the ruling of the Supreme Court and consult with Canadians. So, give me a break. I mean, we've, we've, we've talked and we've talked and we've talked about this for the, next, for the last five years, and now the Liberals want to go back and, and consult. Well, I understand it if you're a new Liberal MP sitting in the House. 
But there's a whole body of knowledge that surely a parliamentary committee could get their head together and put, put it together. But I have no knowledge of this, so maybe I'm totally wrong. The NDP said you know, pretty well the same thing, although a little stronger. An NDP government would draw from highly effective, consensual, and broadly supported process undertaken by the Quebec government. Good. Canada needs to hear from all Canadians. Yeah, they already have. We, we need to protect the vulnerable without creating unreasonable barriers for individuals seeking access to dying with dignity. That's excellent, as long as they get it done. It's, that's a great statement. The Green Party said, Green, Green Party MPs will support changes to the criminal code to allow for physicians to assist death in limited cases involving adults with full mental capacity to, con to consent in situations of terminal illness and who find their, sit their situation unbearable. That's excellent. That's exactly what we want to hear. <clears throat> Nothing about consultation. Let's get the show on the road. And what did the Conservatives say? Yeah. <laughs> Not much. In fact, they haven't even replied to our request for what their position is on this issue. But given the fact that they fought tooth and nail through the courts in the BC Supreme Court, in the BC Court of Appeal, and in the Supreme Court of Canada, it's a good bet that uh, they don't want this in. In fact, the, when the uh, Supreme Court gave them a 12-month uh, basis for uh, new legislation, they did nothing until the middle of July. So they wasted five and a half months. Um, and then they appointed a three-person three panel to, um, um, to, to ask for email submissions, not face-to-face, -face, but email submissions from Canadians. And two members of that panel, so two out of three members on the panel, gave evidence for the government in the Carter case against medically assisted dying. So they're not terribly uh, unbiased. <clears throat> so, um, so, what, so what's the situation now? What can you do? I think the best thing you can do is, is think about it and think about what Sue Rodriguez said. As you know, she said, if I cannot give consent to my own death, whose body is this? Who owns my life? And you have to think about that, and you have to, and we're all going to die, so you may as well be planning for it. <clears throat> so if you were suffering intolerably today and there was no hope uh, of recovery, um, what, would you, what would you want to happen to you? That's, that's the major question. There's, <clears throat> there's more information on this complex subject on the, uh, on the Dying with Dignity website, which is here. And they have, they have a whole raft of information, including um, election um, uh, strategy to use with your uh, MLAs and, and your, particularly with your, your federal candidates in this upcoming election. So, um, so please go to that. Um, I would suggest 
too, that you, you talk to every ca- all five candidates in this particular federal election and ask them what their views on this topic are and ask them if they had a free vote in the House of Commons, so without any party whips involved, how would they, um, how would they vote personally? And when you, when you know that, you can, um, you can take that with you to the ballot box. So thank you very much for your attention. I really appreciate it. Look forward to your questions afterwards.